Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to the Unfounded Podcast. I want to welcome uh, all the viewers on TikTok Live here, uh, and then everybody that's joining me on any of the streaming platforms uh, that you get this podcast on. Um, apologies for the long delay between the last episode. Uh, it's been quite a few months. I don't even know exactly how many months since the last time I was on this podcast, but there's a lot of reasons for that, and I'll get kind of into that here at the beginning, explain what's been going on with me and uh, kind of explain what's been going on with the podcast and other projects I've been working on and uh, and move forward from there and get into kind of some more traditional content for you. So I want to thank again uh, you, those especially those on the podcast here, any of the platforms that have been supporting me for the last three, three and a half years or so. Uh, it's It's been a long journey. And um, honestly, you know, I was thinking about this before I came on uh, tonight. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing when I started this podcast. Um, you know, it's been a very, very long journey. Uh, I was thinking about the other night, and it's something like a seven-year journey uh, in total, which I found is a very significant kind of spiritual number uh, and significant in awakenings uh, for many people as well. Um, that being that the awakening process is a very, very, very long process uh, for, for many people. Not all, I guess, but for me, at least. And, uh, you know, it started, it kind of started with this podcast, uh, or, or partially at least, the idea of a podcast. I got this kind of itch, uh, you know, somewhere I couldn't itch. Um, when I was in college, uh, I started to listen to different podcasts. That's when I started to get interested in, in them myself. And as soon as I did, I started to recognize that I, when I would listen to, you know, certain speakers, I'd have this weird experience sometimes where I wanted to be in the conversation talking back, you know. Uh, I'd feel it happened more often as I started to have this feeling like, you know, I have something to say, <laughs> you know, but I didn't know what it, in what topic I was studying politics and American history. And so everything in that time I was focused on was kind of politically related. And so most of the subjects I wanted to talk about were politics. And initially all I could think about was making a, a kind of politically oriented podcast, but you know, I had this kind of, uh, what's the right word? Imposter syndrome. Uh, where I didn't feel like I was good enough or I didn't have enough knowledge or an expert enough to talk with any kind of authority on those things. And this was before I'd gone to DC and before I'd worked in politics and things like that. So I struggled for a long time uh, figuring out what the podcast was going to be, what I was going to make it. And my friend ended up buying me kind of a little podcast starter kit and it took me almost a year and a half, two years uh, from the time he bought that to the time that I actually started one. Uh, and you know, it kind of started with a, another friend, oddly enough, in a, you know, a, a very tangential way. Um, nothing related to the podcast that I do now. Uh, nothing spiritually related or politically related or philosophically related. It was very uh, kind of spur of the moment, what could we make that would be fun? And we came up with this idea for the Beer Goggles podcast, which was kind of uh, the idea being we all liked beer, especially craft beer. I've, I used to brew beer, uh, you know, years back myself. And so... Um, me and my friend and another friend of ours shared this this kind of passion for beer. And so we had this idea to have a, a beer review kind of 10 minute podcast and then basically like bar talk for the rest of it, you know, conspiracy talk, things like that. Just interesting conversations you'd come across in a bar, right? And we did that for a little while. And, you know, I, I found as I was doing that, that I still wasn't satisfied. Well, I did get kind of this kick out of hearing my own voice and, and finally seeing, you know, hearing myself on a, an actual podcast, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't really get this, the satisfaction, you know, that I was, you know, I didn't satisfy that itch that I was talking about earlier to be able to speak something meaningful, to be a part of these conversations around the world that I was hearing and listening to and so fascinated in. 
you know, how do you become a part of those? And so uh, the more and more this itch, you know, continued to grow, uh, the more I recognized, you know, the, I wasn't resonating with the people I was doing this podcast with. And I, I started to go further and further away from them and had some falling out with my friend. And I later learned was more of a frenemy than a friend, right? Um, but it, that being said, it all led me to creating this. And it's a very long, you know, start of the podcast, but that's something I don't think I've really explained before. Uh, and you know, this podcast, this episode especially, you know, coming back from a long hiatus, is meant to kind of reset everything. Because like I'm kind of explaining here, I had no idea what this was when I created it. Um, I just knew that, uh, what I've been describing, that I wanted to say something. And so after stopping the Beer Goggles podcast, I knew that I wanted to continue on this path, but I was all alone. I didn't have anybody. I just, you know, quit my job at Amazon. Uh, I was working DoorDash and I was, I was alone in Colorado, you know, trying to make ends meet. And I really wanted to put, you know, go all in on something. And so I created the Unfounded podcast uh, after, you know, really significant kind of spiritual experience. Um, one that to this day, you know, is hard to talk about, not because, you know, it's sad or anything more because it's hard to relay exactly how real it was uh, to anybody when I speak about it. Um, it's a hard feeling to describe. Uh, anyway, you know, having this kind of idea of, of, of just speaking what's going on in my head in a podcast, because I didn't have anybody to do it with, so I couldn't interview anybody. And so I had this idea to kind of just create a podcast that was based on, you know, somewhat of a journal, but me talking to myself and seeing if anything interesting would come out of that. And so I, I, I did that kind of as an idea, a, a test. Just I, I sat down and did a journal for about a week or two like that, a, a vocal journal. And in those two weeks, I had such huge growth personally. <laughs> I didn't publish it or anything. I just kind of saved them and listened to, back to them like as personal podcasts. And what I found was I was talking to myself as I did that. You know, I would, I would talk about hard parts of my day and things I was struggling with. And just like you do when you write a journal, I'd find insight uh, into the problems I was experiencing by kind of reminiscing on them in a very specific way, uh, in an intentional way. And so I was like, well, that's valuable at least. So just keep doing that and see what happens. And so that's what the podcast started as, guys, was just me coming on here. You can hear it in the first episode, trying to, you know, figure out what, you know, some simple questions, you know, like what what is success in the world? How do you become successful, right? Uh, is there a God? These kind of things, uh, unfounded things in the world or founded ideas in the world and seeing if there's anything unfounded about them, right? Anything that we can move a little bit uh, and, what I found as I started that journey, you know, a very long journey, like I said, was that there was so much that I would say uh, that I didn't remember saying. There was a, these these moments that I would I would you know be on for 45 minutes, and you know I'd be 45 minutes into the podcast listening back to it and recognize like where did that come from? You know, th that's a good idea. You know, why I don't remember having that idea. What you know, these really kind of profound realizations about what was happening in that process, and so. The podcast kind of changed over time. For any of you that have been listening for a long time, uh, it kind of changed from somewhat of a journal into somewhat of a more intentional kind of spiritual exploration. And uh, the way that I explain it and have been suggesting it to anybody else that's you know started to engage with it, uh, new new followers on TikTok and, and, and these new for, uh, you know social media platforms that I'm getting into. Um, is kind of like a journal, but for the awakening experience, because uh, like I was just kind of describing, I intentionally and unintentionally at times kind of put a lot of vulnerability into the podcast. Um, honestly, because most of the time there was nobody else listening to it but me. 
right? So I felt kind of okay saying things that, uh, I, you know, maybe I wouldn't say in public. And it was this very, this process specifically of vulnerability uh, that slowly opened me up, cracked me open, uh, and led me to doing what I'm doing now, uh, you know, and with it at a more, in a more intentional way, working in music and leading me back to my passions. And this is something that I speak about often in the book club that I do on TikTok and uh, other other kind of creative uh, things that I've I've been growing into as I go through this awakening, right? But the reason I explain all of this to start off this this podcast is because I think it's it's important to to recognize that there's a you know I, I feel that I've come to a a point in time where there's a necessity to to redefine what the podcast is uh, because um, I feel like I'm coming to a different stage in my life uh, in a very profound way uh, you may find for those of you that are into spirituality or tarot cards specifically or anything like that that um, you know, there's this idea of tower moments, uh, you know, times in your life when you experience pain or chaos, uh, and you know that chaos kind of reorganizes everything. And most of the time, this is a very terrifying process, but one that you can, if you get used to the process, seeing the process when it's happening, uh, align with. You know, even though it is chaotic, and allow to uh, take you places, right? And this is kind of the lesson I've been learning working on for the last couple of years now is letting that you know chaos take me where it's going to uh, because the direction you know Jesus taking the wheel isn't always a fun process matter of fact it's it's terrifying imagine somebody else driving <laughs> for you right uh, that it doesn't sound very exciting so uh, it is a very chaotic process and, and getting used to that um, has taken me a long time but I feel like it's necessary to, to enunciate that so that I can kind of orient the podcast into what it's going to be moving forward for you guys, listeners that have been listening for a while, because it's not going to be as much of that journal that it started out as, um, because that part of my journey is kind of coming to a culmination here. Uh, now this is, this is more about application uh, of principles that I've gained in this process and learned throughout this process, right? And so, this podcast is going to be focusing much more on practical, uh, contemporary things going on in the world, how they relate to your life, uh, how you can apply them in your life, um, and, and, and kind of understanding how we can see the world through multiple lenses, right? Uh, and seeing if we can, we can kind of uh, come to some solutions, some new ideas, some novelty uh, in a world that is very chaotic and, and changing, which leads me kind of to another subject or the overall kind of recognition that I want to have uh, since the last podcast that I did on here, I think it was about wisdom, uh, is that the world is changing <laughs> rapidly, right? Um, and, you know, if you look at it on the surface, it would appear in, in, in very bad ways, you know, super chaotic ways, painful ways, violent ways. Um, but I do not believe, and the reason I bring it up is I don't think this is meant to be viewed as, as kind of a terrifying process, even though it is inherently terrifying. Uh, it, it's supposed to be viewed as a very freeing process uh, and the beginning of, of what we're, we're, we've been working towards, um, I guess is the best way I can put it. It's the way that it's been coming through. Uh, that the chaos that we're seeing, and I keep on getting this, because it comes through with me like a, like a, a certain kind of peace and calm that I'm feeling as I, I see some of this chaos happen. 
Um, and it's more about it's it's more about the venues in which it's taking place. Um, every area of life that's chaotic right now is is also or happens to be, you know, kind of in a divinely ironic way, also the places that are the most obviously corrupt, right? Um, you know, there, there's so much there's so much pain going on in the world in different versions of it. You can feel that it's kind of came to a, it's bubbled up to a culmination, you know, in a bunch of different venues, and we're seeing that now. And as I see that, you know, even though that chaos can be terrifying and destructive, and it will be in general, there's a, a very evolutionary concept built into that that nothing ever you know it's, it's very scientific and based on the idea of, of, of conservation of energy as well you know things are not you know, energy is not created or destroyed it just changes form right so if we're if we're in a, in a world that we where we're afraid of you know that that is painful and terrifying and corrupt we want that to change you know, it's similar to the way if we want our lives to change, you know, there's no easy way to do it. This is a lesson that I've learned through the seven years. Sorry for the shivering, but there's a lot of energy that I'm getting right now. Channeled message. You know, this change is, this chaos is, is going to be painful, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's necessary. Uh, it's spoken about in most, yeah, almost every religious text throughout history. Um, the term apocalypse, I believe, has been misdefined uh, and misinterpreted throughout history. Uh, again, because it doesn't recognize one of the other fundamental truths, the conservation of energy. So that um, things don't end like that. One of the ways you can recognize this is also logically true, um, is that you can't think of nothing. Uh, try to think of nothing and you by definition you can't because if you were thinking of nothing you are something in thinking of nothing so it kind of in itself defines that it isn't nothing right so any concept of nothing we have is not the nothing that we try to define anyway this idea if we recognize that kind of logical truth as well it, it, it tells us that things don't end they cycle change form <clears throat> just like things evolve you know and, and the way that they evolve is in kind of a somewhat unfortunately brutal process that can be violent at times you know and nature is violent by nature it, it's like it's it's um it, it, unemotional and it's not not the right way to put it it's indifferent right nature doesn't care Right, if, 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 if you're a cute thing. It, it cares about where you fit in balance in relation to other things, so that if you don't have a place in that, there's no necessity to keep you, and matter of fact, you're a burden, right? So that you, you tend to go away. This is like speaking of animals and, and the way that they evolve. So that we, as a species, are not disconnected from this. I've spoken about this quite a bit on the podcast, right? We're not disconnected from this, and we're experiencing it right now, but evolution acts in different ways. And, and for a long time, it's been acting over in, in kind of the biological way, genetically morphing 
the avatar so that it can be enough to navigate the world properly, right? Have enough complication so that consciousness, you know, can, can come through it and enunciate itself. But that once we reach that stage, um, the evolution kind of moves from a more biological form into a, a much more con non-tangible uh, uh, way in a consciousness form so that the way that we're experiencing evolution actively today modern day is in kind of the fears that we have as a collective society you know as a world this is evolution happening war is evolution happening right i don't mean that in the in kind of the uh what's the the ignorant way that we're eliminating groups of people uh you know in this biological way no i mean it in a consciousness way we're trying to eliminate the idea of war of conflict uh, in the way that we're experiencing is this this concept which everything is kind of fundamentally a vibration so first war is a vibration right and then it manifests into what we see physically but we don't understand the vibration initially, we just feel it, right? And so in order to understand what it truly is, we externalize it, we create it in the world, right? And we're at that part of the process. We've been at that part of the process for quite a while now, right? But you can see the direction that we're trending as we gain other forms of engaging with the universe and looking at it. Things like, you know, what many of you are listening to this. Thank you very much, Bacon, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, listening to this on right now on TikTok, right? But these social media platforms in, in our phones themselves, it allows us to connect to each other in ways that um, and enables uh, us to recognize similarities that have always been there in experience, in kind of the human experience that we haven't been able to recognize up until this point because of the ways that we've told ourselves the world shapes us. Right, you know, it's that old age-old question of you know, what forms you or shapes you. You know, is it you know nurture or nature? This philosophical question, and and I would argue most in, up until this point both right. But what I'm kind of arguing for now is that we're we've we've used the 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 way that our environment uh, kind of can affect us in this way as a scapegoat uh, to lie to ourselves about the similarities that we share, experiential similarities that we share amongst all human beings around the world so that we can enable things like the wars that you've seen throughout human history. The only way that you create that kind of vibration in the world is through lying. It's the same energy, it's the same vibration. It's the way you speak it into the world. War is lie, it's deception, it's the same thing, it's devil. These are all the same energy, right? Uh, th this, this is something that we're being confronted with very, very directly in the world because um, it's been at play in a hidden way for all of human history. It's the fundamental human story, the story that you see in every spiritual kind of text throughout history, especially the Western ones, right? This battle between good and evil, it's not meant to represent an external battle a separation that we create between us and the external world. It's meant to represent this internal division between the human being and every human being that creates war, internal war that then is externalized, 
right? Through, through the, the feeling of separation from what we truly are, that being God, not that you are the Godhead, but that you are everything. You are the same thing as everything outside of you, right? Truly, I mean that. <laughs> and so that if you recognize that, if you remember that, uh, you'll recognize that, the, you know, like I said, these external circumstances, while they play a role in kind of our karmic uh, lessons, I guess is the best way you can put it in this place, they do not make us different in that way, in a value way, right? What we have, you know, all of the, we're, and we've slowly been recognizing this throughout history because these are the ways that we've, you know, told ourselves we can differentiate ourselves and we can lower ourselves and have power over other people. You know, you look different than me. You're a di different sex than me. You're a different color than me. You're di whatever it is, right? I have more money than you. All of these things slowly throughout history being recognized as, hey, that doesn't feel good. And people don't like that. That makes everybody feel bad. It creates more problems. Uh, that makes a society that is very tyrannical. We need to get rid of that and that and that and that. Uh, right, the, the biggest one is war, right? The way that we, you know, enable all of those kind of differentiations is, is through warfare, through violence, whether it's mental violence, verbal violence, or physical violence. And I, you know, it's a weird concept, but I think you get what I mean. There's, there's ways in which when you use words uh, to hurt people, they have a violent quality to them. For those of you that are watching on TikTok right now, uh, I recommend, um, because you're not kind of hearing the music and everything, but in the podcast, there's a back, backing music that's kind of in line with what we're doing, what we're speaking about. And it, it kind of helps set the tone. So uh, if you are interested in the podcast more, uh, before we move on further, check out uh, the Unfounded podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever you listen to. It should be out on everyone at this point. Um, but uh, thank you for joining me on TikTok, if you are. Um, but that being said, huge channeled message to start off uh, the podcast there, right? So we're, we're, we're meant to, um, I think, moving forward, recognize our similarities, right? Um, you know, these, these different social settings and, you know, environmental settings, while they, they, they kind of paint a different picture, uh, the feeling, the experience that they, the effect that they have are the same, right? So if you experience fear, it doesn't matter kind of the narrative it takes you to get to fear, you understand that feeling. It's the same with every feeling, right? Uh, so that this is what ties us together. Uh, and we've been caught on those, those specifics of the world experience as if that somehow makes us different. So all of these lessons we're, 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 we're learning together, but in that process, you know, uh, we're confronting some other kind of parts of the human being that are very uh, deeply entrenched. Um, you know, I've been listening to Jordan Peterson often over the last uh, couple weeks, and he was talking about something that he put together uh, recently, which is something that I put together and not too long ago as well, that there's an association, um, and I, it's hard to understand exactly why, but there is this association in kind of mytholo mythology and kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, 
contemporary art. You know, there's this association with the, the idea of the clown uh, and, and the devil, right? The figure of the devil. And it's kind of confusing, right, when you first look at it. Uh, but it's a, it's a subject that he was talking about. It's an idea that I, was, I just started to put together not too long ago as well. But it was a profound recognition why the clown, you know, why the clown, why something that's like laughing and happy and, you know, ideally meant to entertain. Uh, well, it's really, it's so deep, which is why I think it's true, because there's layers to that that make it true. You can look at it, uh, you know, at one level in that the clown is always wearing a mask, right? And so the devil in the human being is represented by the things that we say that aren't true about ourselves. That's one part, one, one aspect of the devil in the human being, right? There's another aspect of the devil that goes deeper with the mask. What's the other thing that makes a clown funny? Well, it's kind of this obvious but not obvious conversation going on that the clown is wearing a mask and everybody knows it's wearing a mask, but that it's acting like it doesn't know it's wearing a mask, right? The clown is acting like genuinely silly, right? Even though there's a person acting under there. And so there's this deeper recognition as well that what we're, what we're doing is not just pretending, we're pretending at a level so deeply that we're tricking ourselves into thinking it's working, which makes us look silly externally by default, which is why there's a comedic tint to it, which is also one of the reasons why the devil smiles, right? Has this somewhat sinister smile to it. You can keep on going with that uh, metaphor uh, but the point is that there's, we're, this is one of the things that we're starting to recognize about the human being. Uh, it's one of the reasons why the movies The Joker were so popular, you know, there's different versions of them recently. Uh, and also why we're having so many kind of troubling things societally. Because this untrue thing, this sickly comedic thing, right, uh, is running around in the world as if it's true. But it's because we've confused that with the real human being, with real truth, it's now become the default in the world to where you're incentivized. People are incentivized to wear the mask. This is, this is why uh, you may have heard the term we are legion uh, when referred to the reference to the devil as well. This is why that term is usually said as well is because it's something like it's a part of everybody. Right, it's something everybody's doing, and matter of fact, it's something that's so popular. It's most people, <laughs> right? We got the numbers, right? So it kind of taunts you with this: we are legion, right? And and it's meant to intimidate you from being that honest thing. The reason I'm explaining this is because it's very hard to identify the part of ourselves that's authentic and non-authentic, right? Hello, Marianne. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Um, it's very hard to identify this, right? Uh, but one of the ways you could identify it is in, uh, is, by, is by recognizing, oddly enough, like flipping the things that make you feel good. And I don't, I'm, it's hard to explain this, uh, but I'm trying my best here because it's, it's an odd message coming through tonight, uh, but I'm just kind of trying to follow it, right? Um, 
it flips everything. There's this reversal quality to devil energy as well, right? It reverses everything. It makes everything look upside down, backwards, right? So that you get confused. And in that frustration, that confusion, you give up, right? And it's not that you're ever lost. You're never actually kind of lost to that energy, that devil energy, until you give up, right? Which is the trickster part of it. It tries to trick you into thinking you're already gone so that you give it the power. Right, which is, you know, another level to it as well. There's almost a tr there's a tricky aspect to clowns as well, which is why we don't trust them, right? Because they're obviously being dishonest by default. They're wearing a mask, right? So, um, but you're also, you know, there's a, there's another level. That's why clowns are usually they're associated with kids because they're supposed to be a trustworthy figure, but we don't trust them inherently, right? You know, they, they anyway. You'll find that anything that's true like that has levels to it, right? You can keep on pulling it apart and it'll keep on giving you truth, you know, metaphorical truth like that. But we're uncovering this side of ourselves and the way that it looks in the world is through kind of people doubling down on this side of themselves that we've been tricked into thinking is us. Right? But we know that we aren't being authentic because we don't feel good. Right? The modern human being is not uh, a thing that feels sustained, sustainable, or fulfilled. Right? It's something that's looking for something. Right? It's lacking something. It's like it. it it's like a, a child that lost its mom and dad walking through a, a mall or something, right? Kind of getting a little bit more panicked every moment that it can't find the thing that it needs, you know, it wants. Can't even remember what it looks like, kind of. You know, it's that kind of lost. And so we're wandering around and it's in, it's in this lost, you know, area, this lost place that we, we are so vulnerable. Uh, but it's also in that lost place, this is true individually, also at the collective level, right? That in that last place is where we remember what we are as well, right? Because when you lose, you don't just lose the things that you don't like, you lose everything you do like too. This is, I'm trying to get to this idea and I'm having a hard time talking about it. Devil energy can tricks your perception into thinking the things that are bad for you are good by making, by, by working at the, with your conception of comfort and the way that you experience it. Comfort is one of the most fulfilling feelings that we can experience emotionally, right? It's peace, right? And it, it, it actually stems deeper spiritually into the, the, I think one of the more fundamental truths that one of the fundamental fears of human beings is loneliness, is being alone, because it gets to the fundamental truth of this place that we're in, right? Uh, what it actually is. And so we don't want to see that. That's why you can punish anybody and just isolate them. That's why bullies isolate people through ostracizing them. This is, this is so deeply true in human beings, right? Uh, but it's, we're, we're afraid of, 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 apologies. I lost the message for a second. Give me a second. Something doesn't want me to get this out, which is why I keep on losing it, but I'm gonna get it out, so don't worry. <laughs> I can feel it. Uh, it's trying to confuse me. The, the, the uh, 
because it's because the concept is confusion is what I'm trying to explain is the concept of confusion. So trying to explain it is very confusing, right? <laughs> Tuning into confusion. It's upside down. I keep on getting upside down, upside down, you know, uh, stranger things, right? The upside down world. Well, this is what the devil energy preys on. Your ego plays on. Another th way that you could describe the devil is as the mask that people wear. It's not real in the way that we uh, think about real things in the modern world, right? It's a conception, but that doesn't mean it's not real in, in kind of the energy way, which is why it's something that we need to treat as real, right? Because as soon as we convince ourselves something is real energetically, we manifest it, we make it real physically, right? So that when we tell ourselves over and over again that what we are is this, that, this, that, and this, that isn't accurate, and we continually reinforce that slowly over time, it creates that both internally in, in kind of our self-narrative, uh, right? And the way that you, the voice that you hear internally, literally, and then also the way that you kind of uh, see the world, right? And so it, it, it will slowly over time trade your autonomy. It'll, it'll, it'll leach your autonomy away because you're giving it away because you're saying I'm not me, right? The way that that acts, though, is, is through flipping good feelings internally, right? Through, through leveraging this laziness that the human being tends towards, right? One of the tendencies is, that we have is to want to take shortcuts. I think this is, uh, partially speaks to our purpose. We're somewhat of an engineering species. We like to solve things and classify things. So there's a shortest path idea built into that uh, that we get caught in, right? This impatience inherent to the human being. Uh, so that we want comfort and we want it now, <laughs> right? And so when we're offered it now, the easier way, we think that's the right way. And it's, it's a very tricky, you know, it's a very insidious uh, lie that those two things are the same thing. This is the fundamental lie of the devil, right? That what you want, the way you get it, is by what makes you feel good. No. What you want, matter of fact, the way you get it is through things that don't make you feel good, right? Uh, it's, and most of that time is because it's a recognition of all the things that aren't you. There's nothing you have to go get. There's nothing you have to become in that way. You're already it. You were from the beginning in the way I'm describing it right now. What's happened is you've convinced yourself just like I did for a very long time and continually do, right? We, we all do this throughout our lives that I'm something else. I'm something else. I'm something else because I, I'm, I'm insecure. This loneliness is sitting inside of me. Oh God, nobody can see me. Nobody, nobody can see that I'm scared that I'm going to be alone in the end, right? And everybody's <laughs> this kind of an idea. And so we hide ourselves. We hide ourselves. We hide ourselves, not knowing that everybody's feeling that same fundamental insecurity, right? It's just something that we're working on right now. And the way that it's being worked on is in a very uncomfortable way. You know, um, because if you're not careful in that process of saying I'm something else, you'll take parts of yourself because everything you are is meant to be there. Everything you were created to be is meant to be there. And that isn't just good things, right? Did God mess up when it created a bear or a shark or a tiger or a lion or anything that's vicious or that anything that's violent, right? No, it has a purpose, right? In a balance, 
It also didn't create murderous bears, you know, psychopathic ones. Again, in a balance. In human beings, this is no longer a passive process. This is given to us a decision. What do you want to be? We have free will, right? Your nature is no longer something that's determined by nature. That's what free will is. So you decide it. And that is the most, that is the largest, that's the most, that's the heaviest weight you could possibly bear. It's as close to the universe as you can get, right? Just handling yourself, which is one of the lessons we're also learning, right? In this place, what it means, what God is, the extent of it. There's so much pain, you know, I see on TikTok, you know, every day, and, you know, it's a weird experience because I see that, you know, the war in Ukraine has been raging for a year and a half now, and it's picking up again. And I'm a veteran myself, an Air Force veteran, a Security Forces veteran, and I never uh, never was deployed myself. I, I served most of my time in Guam, but... Um, you know, it's a weird experience as a veteran whenever I've, you know, there's a war going on because uh, there's a, rea a realness to it, you know, um, that you, you know, you really could be there kind of a thing, right? Especially when you've, you've, you've served before. And so when you see videos of things happening, there's a, um, a, there's a somberness to the experience because uh, there's a way in which, you know, um, We've, we've, we've made pain into, slowly throughout history, pain into entertainment. It's not just modern society that's done this. This is one of the most frustrating and disgusting recognitions of realities of human beings. Because it's true throughout human history. Unfortunately. Human beings continually get pleasure or seek pleasure from other human beings suffering. You know, not only do we seek pleasure from it, we do seek that pleasure in a lot of different ways. You know, this is in, in many ways the, the root of slavery. And this is what connects war and slavery. It's a motivational level. It's, you know, a chicken or the egg question, very, very much so, but it, it's not really the point. Uh, it's a dualistic conception that you know we're trying to understand. They exist together. They coexist. Slavery, the idea of slavery, and the idea of war, the idea of lying, and the idea of war, and taking advantage in war. Because these are the the situations, the realities of experience that, when experienced, create and inspire the feeling, the need for revenge. Not only the feeling of it, but the easiest logical way to justify it is righteous. Thus justifying war, right? I have a good reason. I have a good reason to do all the things that you did to me because you did them to me. 
It's the, it's the biggest bullshit excuse in human history. And we continually play it over and over again. It's illogical. You know, the, the idea that, you know, we all say we don't want this while it continues, because if we didn't want something like that, it wouldn't exist. We create it. And then at another level, you look into the world and, you know, our entertainment is oriented towards that. Yes, we do enjoy it. Matter of fact, we fucking love it. It sells like nothing else. The more, the better. The more gruesome, the more better. Let me see it in all the bloody and gory detail, right? This is what, this is the, this is the shadow aspect of the human being that's coming out. And we're seeing through seeing these videos on TikTok because, and this is where it gets deep. This is what I'm trying to express here. It's hard to explain. It's happening at every, in everybody at the same time through you and your choice, right? When you see a video, you know, when you see something happening where, you know, people are experiencing and suffering in the world, you'll feel if you listen, right, that inside of you, there's something that wants to sit there and look at it, right? Most, a lot of people will say, no, I don't have that. I don't think that's true. I think this is something that lives inside of everybody because it's backed up throughout human history. But there's a, cert, a certain questioning and a sick curiosity that lives inside of the human being that will tempt you into, into, into watching, right? And, then to, and you'll find that it's addictive continually, more, 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 more. Right? There's a certain quality to not only this, but pornography and anything that you kind of can look into the internet and see some kind of energetic imbalance in, right? All of these are being presented to each of us individually every day, one after another. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> right? And the brilliance of the algorithm is that it's, it gives you what you want, right? You have nothing to blame if you don't like your feed, but you. Matter of fact, you get to meet you for the first time. If you don't like your feed, you don't like the person you actually are. Because that's what entertains you. That's why it's there. This is the point of the internet. It's a mirror, right? Everything that's nasty on it, it exists not because other people want that, because human beings want that at some level and always have. That's what we have to figure out. Of course, we don't want these things in the world, but the way that we stop them is not by lying to ourselves and telling ourselves that, no, I don't feel those things. It's just because they're bad. Hmm, is that true? Are you sure? Because there's a lot of other human beings throughout human history that didn't have the same moral incentives that you do and didn't lie like that. They're quite honest about what they enjoyed. <laughs> right, so who's lying? This is a breakdown of the moral, the moral system that we've relied upon to get us here. And it is not a criticism of it when I say that. Because the principles in morality are true. Conceptually. But they're not fundamentally true. Fundamentally, fundamentally what's true is up and down, left and right, right? You could say good or bad, but they're the same thing, fundamentally. So when we get 
good or bad, we start to do a value equation there and then it misdefines the thing as separate. It's not, right? Good and evil are the same thing, two sides of the same coin, just like birth and death, right? Up and down, left and right. You can, you can keep on going. This is the, the definition of duality, right? But it's what sets up this reality. It is the canvas that you walk on here, right? Without that other thing, you couldn't exist, which is why you saying you're only half of it is so fundamentally untrue. It's also why people and all of, most of us feel insecure walking around the world, because we know that. You know that, and the world knows it, and it sees it, right? You know, I've also been watching um, some other videos that have been popping up recently. I can't remember, is it Dolores Campbell? Is, it, is that her name? Many, some of you that are listening might be familiar. Um, she's a very famous kind of channeler, psychic channeler. I believe she's passed away. I actually know she has, but um, somebody that popped up on my feed quite a bit recently and some really profound ideas that I had engaged with really kind of shocked me but that I resonated with uh, because they're ideas that, uh, actually one of them specifically that I have heard intuitively myself in the download that I've even said to people, uh, but then had her kind of pop up and confirm in this way, right? Uh, there's a way when you're recognizing or learning how to channel, when you're learning that the psychic abilities are real, uh, where it takes a very long time to trust what you're getting, right? Uh, there's a, a long process of establishing trust with yourself and the universe. And so, um, this in this kind of way it happens very slowly over time but this is one of the ways it happened for me recently and so i'm listening to Dol dolores talk and she's talking about you know earth what it's like to be here and you know reincarnation and being kind of born in this realm all right and, and in order to understand this you have to at least play with the idea of reincarnation in multiple lives but uh, dolores believed that there was uh, multiple lives, uh, repeated ones, right? And like, I, I believe as well, and matter of fact, so many of them that we we kind of, we wouldn't want to know <laughs> most of the time uh, in reality. But uh, that the reason this is, is because earth, and I've, and again, I had this in, in, in actually a couple of different ways, in ways that I didn't understand initially come through to me uh, through the awakening process. But that earth is not a place to be trifled with, right? There's this lie that's gone around the modern world that because you're comfortable, you got it easy. And, and this, uh, millennials, uh, I'm a millennial, Gen Z, especially, you know, all the younger generations, you got hit with a fucking brick board with this over your head. You got it so easy. You got it so easy. You got it so easy, right? Look at all this technology, bam, 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 bam. No, you do not. I promise you that. You do not have it easy. Uh, matter of fact, like Dolores is saying, you have it very hard. Uh, this, this place is not to be trifled with. I truly believe this. You come here by choice. I believe this too. And you don't have to agree with me, but this is just, just what I believe. You come here by choice. But this place is not some, is something that's known as a, as, a, as a difficult place to come to, a school of sorts, a place that you go for a reason when you want to learn something very specifically, right? But there's a catch to it. It's, it's the densest place as well. And when you say dense, it means it's, it's consolidated, right? And so you, you can't, you have to be uh, heavy 
right? You have to be in one place, right? And that fundamental definition of this place, you know, necessity of this place, uh, is pain. It's a certain type of pain, right? So that this is why most don't want to come here. <laughs> so that you, by being here, and I mean this, and I, if you feel this, I hope you do when I say this, that you, you should give yourself a pat on the back genuinely because there's a way in which you're doing something by, you, by being here, you're doing something incredibly hard that many things that don't ever do, right? Because it's so dense, because it's so terrifying fundamentally, right? Because there's no other place that I could imagine reminds me of hell like here. As a matter of fact, this is where I got the definition of what hell is. Right? Everything that I know hell would be, I fill it with images of things that I got here. <laughs> right? It's also true in the positive sense. Also heaven. Right? There's a lot of experience that's created here through that density that you cannot experience anywhere else. So when you come here, there's a there's a there's unavoidable consequences, one of them being you don't remember what you came from. And this is one of the fundamental struggles of life, is coming back to who you are. And this is a process that in general usually takes one lifetime. Right? You usually see this culmination on somebody's deathbed, if you've ever been around people that die. At least people that you know, have go peacefully, you'll find that there's this momentous transition where they have a most of the time nonverbal, but a recognition that you can see physically uh, of some recognition that's very personal to them, but that it's like, ah, like an aha moment, right? Like, oh, that's why I came here. And we don't know what that is because I think it's different for everybody, but that's why you're here, right? And it, in general, takes a lifetime to learn that. We're living in a time period where that's speeding up, right? Because the earth is changing. The earth is shifting to a new level, a new vibration. Because of that, everything that's on the earth has to shift with it. If it doesn't, it stays where it's at, right? It's the same level. Uh, the way that Dolores was explaining this, and I really, I loved this idea, it's because it, it matches a lot of what you, you may hear you know, readers talking about timeline jumping or shifting, right? But uh, this is, if any of you have gotten caught in the Mandela effect kind of wormhole, right? But it's, it's a very trippy experience when you start to experience the Mandela effect, especially kind of in your direct life, right? But um, when, when the earth changes frequency, uh, it doesn't delete the old version of itself, right? It, 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 it's, it's, like a, it's like a cell replicating, right? It reproduces another thing, right? And so it's the, the next version of earth, the, the, up, the, the higher vibration version of it is the best way to think about it, a separate version, right? So that the, the earth is separating in the apocalyptic time is what it's... And you can see this built into some of the revelation as well, too, where it talks about kind of this judgment day idea or a separation of things, right? Uh, but it's not meant to be a moral thing, and it's not meant to be like a punishment. It's meant to be kind of you, the idea of reaping what you sow, right? You, you get what you want, right? What do you want? If you like the world as it is now, keep it, fucking A, hell yeah, right? If you don't, what do you want, right? <laughs> right, it's answering that question. Uh, and, and collectively, we're doing that together. So, you know, this, this idea of choice and free will is really coming to a culminating point at a civilization level. This is awakening, right? 
you'll, you'll see more and more examples of this in the world as the, you know, and it'll, it, it's going to feel more kind of like, where the fuck am I? You know, as you start to hear things like aliens and stuff coming out, right? But, you know, the world is not what we think it is in the modern definition. The scientific perspective is only one way of looking at it. Um, much more accurate depictions would be things, honestly, like Star Wars or Star Trek. A diverse kind of happening of a lot of things, a lot of eyeballs peeping out on itself, right? Looking at itself, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and having fun with itself and also picking fights, you know? And the point is that, you know, the point is this thing that's going on, this happening, the now. There's, there's certain ideas that I've poked a lot on this podcast, right? One of them being time. Because it's, these are one of, the, the concept of time is unfounded. We don't define it that way. It's non-real in the way we, it's not real in the way we think about it. It doesn't exist in a linear fashion. It, that's a, that's a, a misconception a fallacy kind of born out of our perspective the reality of the way we view the world and almost a constraint of our physical vessels but it doesn't say anything about the fundamental reality of what's happening here all we know about that is something is why because you can't stop it even if you try it's just going and going and going and it seemingly never stops which is almost terrifying but also relieving at the same time right you don't want it to stop but also when is the end you know that's what this is and when we leave it at that then what it produces is something we call joy and happiness Surprise, novelty. It can also produce all of the negative aspects that relate to those ideas, you know. But we, in order for you to have that surprise, that drum roll, you have to have that risk. You have to not know, right? You have to not know, hence the density. Again, this is a, these ideas are so deeply true that you can find them in, in, in different ways you look at this reality, but you cannot escape the density of this place or the fact that you won't remember when you come here. You won't. You'll make plans before you do. You'll be really sure that you're going to get it right this time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to get all the way through and remember who you were and rejoin you know, the universe as soon as you pop into existence. It's... Wah. <laughs> you know what the fuck man so there's also this torturous idea to it you know there is this this way in which god damn man like that's brutal but if you're here and you chose it you're a hero already you are right and you have to remember that about yourself right everybody is a hero already that's why we love heroes in movies thank you Nikolai. appreciate that you really are I mean this 
The hero isn't something that you're supposed to look for out in the world, somebody else that you're supposed to try to be. The hero is inside of you. It always was and it always will be, right? It's, it's why you want to stand out of your chair when you see the hero, you know, knocking out the villain. It's also one of the reasons why you'll quietly root for the villain sometimes. Because you, you, you know you're both. You just forgot. <laughs> right? It's like uh, somebody doing sock puppets, just forgetting that their hands are actually them. You know? <laughs> but what would you want? You know, like think about it as you can, you can see that this is true from doing a thought experiment or meditating into the perspective of a single thing. God. Just one thing. All-powerful. You know, what would you want? I don't know. I would want anything but everything. <laughs> Something different than everything, which is by definition not possible unless I just cut her in half. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there we got it, duality. But fuck, now I can't feel half myself. And what is it doing? Because I can't talk to it anymore. And uh, you see, like now it's now it's all of a sudden. No, that's bad. <laughs> you know, you're God. You just forgot you were, and you're not it right here. You can't do like you can't recreate everything here like that. Right, you're a piece of that. It's very fractal. <laughs> your two eyes on that right now, inside of that happening. But it's like if you take that division and you keep dividing, first two, and four, and eight. And Why? And also, if you were all knowing, like, you'd want to forget. Right? That'd be the ultimate fucking ride. You know what I mean? It's like putting a blindfold on and going on a roller coaster. Right? You've already done it a thousand times, so you get bored of it. It's like, what would be next? No eyes? No hands? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, shit. I mean, think about it. Look at the world around us all of the animals that make it up and how long it takes them to be able to do what they do in the world. On, like, on average, it's like a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Maybe. And not all, but on average, right? The human being is 18, what, not, let's, let's, say, let's say 15 years, right? Before you have in general a human being that can basically take care of themselves, right? This, <laughs> that's a long fucking time. It's a long time to not be able to defend yourself properly, right? Or feed your, know how to feed yourself or know how to speak or move or walk. I mean, it's literally, you have to learn everything. And if you really try, I don't know if you can remember this, but I, I really feel this. I, it's like a, a experience I have and it feels like a memory often. And I'm curious if some of you do as well, but of being very young, like really young, like really, really young, like having a memory from when I was really young. But again, it's like, it's so hazy because it's like, it's like if you had a memory when you were that new, it's like your shit's still trying to figure out how to save <laughs> properly, right? So it's not saved like really well or high. But anyway, the idea is like, I have this memory of being very, very young and having this feeling of being overwhelmed. What is this? You know what I mean? I, and you can see this on babies' faces especially really young ones. Uh, I shared a video last night 
uh, of, of a guy talking to a baby where you can see it on their face, where they get, they give you this like thingy, right? Where they kind of, and their eyes get really big and they're like, what the, and they have this, what is this? And how do I, you know, and you can see them wanting to do something that I feel like I remember having that feeling of frustration. And also in that same memory, like, this rec like it's it's hard to explain like it's very hard to explain with this recognition like it's like a this again kind of feeling like damn it <laughs> you know what i mean like that you'd only get frustrated by not like having to relearn to drive if you've been able to drive before you know what i mean if you were doing it the first time it'd be like oh oh huh but there's a frustration inherent to it and and i don't know and i'm very curious but just as you know my experience that I remember having that at a very, very young age, this frustration with having to, you know, because I haven't had to do this. It's like that feeling, right? I, 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 I just came from somewhere where I was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I got to do it, bend this? What the fuck is this, you know? Like, anyway. It's a very, honestly, when you think about it in the other way too, like the other reason I think that's true is because um, when you think about it, like if, uh, you know, imagining after you, di you died and, and this was true, like you're, you're going to just come back. And so you're like, oh, okay. And, and you know, when you're, if you're not in the place anymore, you're not compressed anymore, you're not in the density, so you're kind of, you're back to yourself, you're comfortable again, right? And it's like, well, do you want to go back around? You know? Even if you weren't forced to, I feel like there's this compulsion we would have inherently because of how kind of exciting this is. You know what I mean? To be like, one more time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a roller coaster. One more time, right? And so, you know, when I'm, honestly, when I'm in, when I see the world getting chaotic, I, it's one of the things I like to think about because it is comforting in a very, I don't know, wholesome way for me. You know, uh, thinking that like, <laughs> it's not so serious, man. <laughs> And I also think that's another reason why the devil laughs and why the Joker says not so serious or why so serious, right? Is because it's, it's, it's the most serious thing you'll do being here, but also it's not that serious. So why are you being so serious? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's also why I think the, you know, the idea of Nirvana, but any, any, any spiritual leader attaining those places, why they have this quality of kind of this smile on their face. Right, because it's, you know, it's a, a truth that both the devil and, and, and the enlightened would know, right? But the devil is just taking advantage of it, so it laughs at you, <laughs> right? But the, you know, the guru just tries to speak truth so you can get there too. Anyway. As the world continues to kind of get more chaotic, just recognize that you have the ability like that, like we've done tonight, to just, there's peace in the world, 
in the chaos. Uh, there was another video that I saw as I was talking about, you know, all the videos of the war going on. And when I was speaking of that, I wasn't trying to shame anybody for anything that comes across their feet or whatever it is, right? That's not what it's about. It's not a moral thing that I'm doing here at all. It's, it's what you want, right? And one of the conundrums, the reason I brought that up was because I, you know, I often see these Ukraine war videos and, you know, there's a, there's this, this, I feel torn every time one pops up because there's this part of me that feels almost shameful for scrolling by it, right? Like how, how dare I sitting here on the toilet or in the, in my bed or wherever the fuck I am, comfy as all shit, you know, scrolling by while somebody's experiencing hell, right? But then, you know, there's also another side of me, you know, that that's, you know, I know what hell is. I've had my own version of it, right? We all have our own version of it. The one we're meant for. So, you know, you don't have to feel compelled, and I guess I'm finally coming to this in the moment, right? Because I really haven't, it's been a curious feeling internally of not wanting to scroll by, almost wanting to watch out of, you know, what's the right word, not consolidation, but, you know, to be with the people while they're suffering. To see what human beings can do and to not hide my eyes from that, right? No, 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 this is the fucking world you live in. Don't forget that. Don't check yourself. Don't make yourself think that you're just playing nice and this is all going to be fun. Because that world's out there. And at some point, it will be on your doorstep, whether it's this time or next time. Matter of fact, if you're honest with yourself, you've had that at your doorstep. It may have not looked like that war. But you know what war is, right? You know when that thing comes knocking on your door, what it feels like, what chaos feels like, what fear and terror feels like, right? So there's a way in which we need to recognize, because I feel like this is, a, this is a, a general message, right, for the collective. As all of these things happen around the world, as all of this, uh, of this suffering is going on, we want to be there, right, for people. We want to be there for everybody so that they know that they're not suffering alone. But at the same time, this is, a, this is an empathic lesson, right? This is a lesson that all empaths learn as we're growing, uh, to be empowered empaths, right? That you do not have a responsibility to suffer with somebody. That is not your responsibility. Right. Your responsibility is to be you. That's it. You have your own source of suffering or pain. You have your own portion of it. And it will always be exactly the amount that you deserve. Right? If you want to take on more, it's always your choice. Right? And people will let you do it continually. Matter of fact, they'll beg you to. <laughs> Solve this for me. That's not your job. It's always just you, right? And that includes everything that's going on in the world right now. This is not a message that's being said very often because it's not politically popular. What is easy and what tends to influence people is to tell people, you know, something like, the world's gonna end, everything's your fault, and you need to be the source of the change. Stand up, rise up, go protest. No, be you. 1,000% without any influence, right? That's what we need.
This is something that happened. I, I, I speak about this because it's, you know, it's an interesting topic, but I see it really prevalently in my, in my generation and the younger generation specifically, Gen Z especially, um, because, you know, and I experienced this going through college myself because I was in the humanities, I was in political science and uh, in American history. And one of the things I noticed while studying those degrees is that there's this, um, there was this weaponization of the idea of justice, right? That happened, was happening inside of the colleges while I was there. This was mid, mid-teens, mid-20-teens, right? Um, in early 20-teens, right? So there's, there was, it, and I could see it in the way that the, the, the subject that was delivered, right? In the way that the, the, the um, in, the, in what was popular socially to say in a political science class, right? Genuinely, when I went to college, there was always, if I was in a political science class, maybe one conservative thinker, maybe one, if they would even say they were that, because it was that unpopular to have conservative ideals. Most of the time, if you did say something in a conservative way, you'd have so many people that would bring up other perspectives that were usually validated by the professor because most of the subject matter leaned that way that you wouldn't say it, right? So this, this process is something I watched and experienced so much so that I was one of the people that would have argued against any conservative idea while I was going through school, especially conservative ideas, <laughs> right? So that I, I was in this bandwagon. And one of the things that I, I experienced was this, and it, it, it affected my family. <laughs> Right, it almost it drove a division between me and my father at the time. It was right when Trump was going to get elected. Right, it was during the Trump 2016 elections, and we were on different sides of that uh, camp at the time. And I mean, it was it was it got so bad that it, like many people, it, it it drove a division between us for many years, where we didn't we didn't have the same relationship. And quite honestly, it's taken us up until this point, if if even this point, to get back to it. Right, but there was this. weaponization of justice that the world has been done wrong you have been done wrong there's been a conspiracy against you whoever you are right and you are the only thing you're the only thing that can change it right everything else is corrupt and every, everybody else is gonna take advantage of you and is gonna use their power over you. So the only way that you can change that is to play that game, but play it better, right? This is the message, genuinely, that I remember being taught. It's disguised as a certain type of uh, proactive um, activism, right? Go out there and protest. Go out there and use your voice. The catch is, it's not your voice. Why? Because the message is always that one that I was explaining before that comes out of the classrooms, right? It's only one-sided because it's very unpopular to say anything else in those forums, right? This in politics is not a popular subject for many people for this reason because it, it, it's so emotionally and honestly religiously based many times. I think if we look at it philosophically, it's, it's a very spiritual idea but uh, politics stems from spiritual fundamentals. Anyway, this, this weaponization of, that, of the idea of justice is, is something that's, it's, 
you know, being used and leveraged in every, everywhere now. You know, that was in 2016, but now it's, 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 you know, you can see it in the way that, that movies are marketed, that, 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 that uh, shows and, and, and everything tries to motivate you to do something. It's through this certain type of bleeding heart, this certain type of you need to bring justice to the world, you need to be the warrior for truth or whatever it is. But the truth is always what we say it is, right? Not your truth, not what you believe. We already got that figured out. It's right here. Here's, say that one. As long as you say that one, you're good. We'll back you up. As soon as you stray from that, I'm going to fuck you up. Right? And that's why people stay quiet. Right? <laughs> it's, it, you, don't, you don't have to take it from me. Look at any popular podcaster in the world that said anything significant in the last five years. Watch what's happened to them. <laughs> right? As this world's gone to shit, as COVID happened, as all of the lies started to come out, right? As we started to see the ways in which people have the devil has been rampant in that way, in the egocentric way, in the way that almost nobody uh, that we've identified as experts or leaders uh, that have said that they would take us out of messes were actually what they said they were. They were mass, they were devils, right? Very intentional ones oftentimes, so that they were leading us somewhere that they believed would be better for us, like a parent would do to a child that doesn't know what it's doing, right? This is how we're treated as a modern society, as people in a democratic society, a government, right? A democratic republic, whatever. You, you get the point, right? <laughs> I'm going to argue with myself. <laughs> anyway. So these things all have, have, you can see this chaos bubbling up, right? It's going to be important to orient ourselves in that, you know. There's not going to be one source of truth in the world. There never was, externally, right? It doesn't come outside of you. It's, it's always something that happens internally, right? So you, you, you have a, a, a truth that you know, you always know, uh, but other people will try to tell you that theirs is yours, right? And, and they, because they want to believe theirs, right? And so people will play this game with you that they'll try to convince you very, very intentionally that what you believe is wrong because we don't believe that two things can exist at the same time, right? So we'll, by default, if we experience something that you know, clashes in any way with another idea. We'll just try to eliminate the idea. Uh, this isn't, this isn't, again, it isn't fundamentally true. Matter of fact, things don't have one or the other. They have pairs, right? Opposites. Nothing in the universe is created without an opposite version of it. Matter of fact, it's more like that, <laughs> right? So... Moving forward, this has been all over the place, but it was very, uh, I expected that because it's been a while since I've been back on. Um, I, I wanted to come on here and just kind of get, get back on the podcast, honestly, and, and say hello to everybody on the podcast and thank everybody uh, that's been listening and watching and supporting for the last three and a half years or so. Um, it's shocking to me, like I said, at the start of this, uh, from where the podcast started, how far it's come. Um, you know, I initially had maybe, you know, handful of people listening to it for years. And at this point, you know, it, it, it doesn't have a ton of people listening to it all the time. It's not necessarily my goal, but it has people that engage with it enough around the world that it's really shocked me. Right. <laughs> Again, because this was something that I never, that wasn't the point when I was making it. Um, and 
what I've noticed, sorry, I'm trying to log into something here, guys. Give me one second uh, so I can read off. I was going to read off the different countries, but there's like, there's, and I, it shocks me every time I look at it. At this point, there's like, how many, how many, probably 60 different countries, 50 different countries on the anchor platform of, of people that have listened to this around the world, right? And continually engage with it. And, you know, oftentimes I'll go on there and just look through it and see the different places. Um, because in those moments, it connects me with you as a listener, right? I can feel you. When I do that, you know, when I go and see somebody in Rio de Janeiro is listening to my fucking voice, it makes me want to cry. You know what I mean? It's that it makes me emotional because it's like it is something so beautiful and so true that is said so often that nobody hears in this world, right? Uh, and it's it's said in many different ways, but it's something like you know when you. You, you don't create things with an, with an, with an expect, expectation of an outcome, right? You create something because you want to create something. That's why you do it, right? And then when you do that intentionally, not every time, but sometimes it does something, you know? And everybody has that capacity, right? Uh, it's whether it's more of a question of courage whether we have the courage to go down that very undefined and non-guaranteed path. Thank you, Raina. Uh, most of the time you hear this come through. Uh, I appreciate that, Raina. Thank you. You hear this come through in like motivational speakers and, uh, and economics and stuff, right? You have to fail and fail and fail and fail before you get the right idea. It is true, but it's, it's true spiritually. And it's true in your life and finding what you want to do, right? Uh, remembering what you want to do, more like, right? Uh, it takes a really long time. Very, very, very intentioned work. Uh, and it will, um, at times, convince you you're in hell. But if you follow that path along the way, you'll create things. You'll do things that actually get you closer to the world that you want to be in. The world that you pray for. You beg God to create. It, it makes me emotional because it's like, Fuck, it's, the universe is screaming at you. You're it, right? You keep on asking me to fix all this shit. How do I do that? It's you, right? It's you. It's all of us. So do it, you know? You know, if now was a phrase, it would be just do it. <laughs> I like that. I don't know where that came from, but that was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a phrase. Just do it. You know, emotions are, are, are real. Don't get me wrong about that. But there is a way, I think, as we awaken, we learn to recognize emotions and place them in a proper context. You know, they're... They're real, but they don't have to be re reacted to. Like, they don't control you, right? They can. And in most animals, they do. Matter of fact, that's their main function in most animals. That's the difference in human beings. They don't serve... A, they're not a motor function in the human being or not primarily, 
only in very specific circumstances, survival circumstances, right? In every other circumstance, the emotion is another, it's, the emotion is another sense, right? A sixth sense through which we interface with the world, right? And communicate actual information, right? So that you, you know, this is, I think, what stem, where the, the psychic abilities stem from. So it's something that we're, we're evolving into, but it's not something that we have to wait for biologically anymore. You have, you have the hardware. It's, it's, a, it's a consciousness problem of allowing the hardware to do its job, right? Brilliant and beautiful idea that we're that close. How lucky are you and me, right? I really believe it. I really believe this. We're this close. You can, I mean, we're half finding out of fucking aliens, right? Think 30 years ago, 20 years ago, however old you are, right? Just imagine how big of a shift that is, how radical an idea that is, you know? And what that does to our understanding of what this is. Like I said, it brings us much closer to Star Wars and Star Trek. And the superheroes you see in movies start to look a little less science fiction, right? So why in the fuck can't miracles happen? You know, why in the fuck can't all of the religious texts be true? Right? What was this that we did to ourselves for the last 3,000 years, convincing ourselves that there's only one way to look at the world, that everything that people said before us was just ignorance, ancients beating on drums? Well, You see, you see the lie before you see the truth, right? Um. <sighs> Anywho, we're out getting to the end here, and I wanted to thank everybody uh, for joining me. And I will be back on here uh, fairly soon. I don't have a schedule worked out yet uh, because I've been kind of in rest and recoup mode, <clears throat> especially those on TikTok. Uh, most people on TikTok will recognize that. <clears throat> Because I also do uh, a live book club on TikTok uh, and some other channel readings and messages and stuff like that. So those of you listening right now that would uh, want to follow me or check out any of the other stuff that I do, uh, look me up on TikTok at Chris the Sage. Um, <clears throat> that's where I'm going to be using or inter uh, using to kind of connect with people the most uh, here over the next couple years, at least. I'm thinking. So um, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want to get a hold of me, check me out on there. Uh, and besides that, I, I wish you, and I send you always, guys all a lot of love. Um, this is not an easy time. Like I said, there's a lot of energy shifting going on, and it's been painful, very painful, very physically painful for years now for many of us. And so if you are one of those people that are going through this process, you're feeling the awakening symptoms, you're in pain continuously, right? You're always, every day, working on it, right? And you don't know when the end is. You feel like it's always going to be a reality, right? If you felt that, I am here to tell you, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Matter of fact, you're one of the few that is. Everybody else that is comfortable right now is not supposed to be. You never were supposed to be that comfortable. Your, your job is that. So congratulate yourself on recognizing that fundamental truth because goddamn, in this world that is upside down, that is a really hard thing to recognize. And it also means that you're very close to a certain type of 
homecoming. Uh, that <laughs> I, I don't know if we knew we could wish for before. Right? That's what I think we're coming to, something that we couldn't have imagined because our conception was too limited. Right? That's what I'm getting for you and me in the collective. Anybody that wants to believe in it, that's the reality that's coming. But we have to get rid of this insecurity, this feeling of lack, the feeling that we're not good enough to even see that. Right? Even conceive that it could come. So thank you, Benny. I appreciate that. So uh, l believe, because I, I, that's the whole reason I'm here, right? Uh, you know, it's been a long journey for me, and a lot of it's been about figuring out what my purpose is. This podcast has been central to that. And this, you know, seems like uh, it's going to be kind of an episode in which I sum that up and summarize that. And so um, moving forward, this is what the podcast is going to be about, uh, expanding these ideas that I explained tonight, uh, going into the world, looking at what's going on with clear eyes, recognizing you know, the positive and negative attributes of it, and seeing what we want to choose moving forward, right? Anyway, uh, with that, that is the Unfounded Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for your gifts, all of your love, and I will be back on here very soon. Night.